Welcome to the Property CEO Podcast, your inside track to the world of property with your hosts, Ian Child and Richie Clapson. Hello and welcome to the Property CEO Podcast. My name's Richie Clapson and I'm here with Ian Child. Hello everyone. And in this episode, I think you're going to be teaching people, in how to build their own time machine. Is that right? Absolutely right. You'll just need to get your hands on a Phillips screwdriver and an old police box. Interesting. Okay, well, we can't wait for that. But first things first, how was your week? It's been a good week, I have to say. Um, mainly actually due to you. You kindly arranged oh, for you. us both to visit the, uh, the boat show, which I've never actually been to before. And I have to say, it was genuinely really really good never been that big on boats myself but uh yeah when we got to the i think it was the Sunseeker stand oh um, yes yeah where i yeah i was pretty impressed uh, not just with the boats actually but uh but also with your uh your blagging skills yeah i've known to be quite good on those <laughs> so i mean it was uh, just to set the scene we were we, we got to the Sunseeker stand which is kind of like in the middle of the thing and there was a very nice young lady who welcomed us aboard uh, a, a very nice. I don't know what you call them. Are they super yachts? No, they're not really super. No, right, uh, they're just they're just big boats. Big boats. <laughs> yeah, big, big boats. boats. So she worked with a big boat. Very nice. Very sort of sumptuous carpet. Had to take your shoes off. And and then I noticed we we went on the kind of upper deck. Is that right? I think they call it a flybridge. They call it a flybridge. Well, you yeah. know all the terms. Yeah. Um, I went on the flybridge and we looked across and couldn't help noticing that there was a load of bigger boats on the other side, also Sunseekers, but um, there were people sort of quaffing champagne. And and there was a kind of like a roped off. They were VIP. fenced off, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So us it, mere mortals would not be allowed on them. So it was quite obvious that basically this was the the kind of scuzzy boat that everybody was allowed on, um, <laughs> and and it was. I mean, it looked like a, a million dollars, didn't it? Well, in fact, it was a million dollars. I think, I think it was a million about, pounds. I think it was. Yeah. So it was quite, but then the so then we saw these bigger boats on the other side. Then I took a phone call for probably I was only about five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next night I turn round, you're nowhere to be seen, and then you wave at me from the <laughs> big Scoffing boat. champagne. <laughs> With a glass of champagne well, in hand. You had to, didn't you? I mean, you've got to go on the biggest boat. If you're at the boat show, you've got to go on to the biggest boat and have a little look and have a little bit of a dream. So I had hmm. got past security, yes. And it's quite important. I like the way, though, that you were... When I got on, I managed to... <laughs> <laughs> I got you in, didn't you I? You got me in. And, if your um, name's not on the list, you can't get in. But we got in. We did get in. And um, you were having a conversation when I arrived about the, the special boat show offer that uh, you could get on this, this boat. I think I think there was probably about a quarter of a million pound discount. I don't know, something like that. So it's pretty significant. A massive M- More discount than you might make out of your first property deal. But it still left the boat at about three million pound. So it was a fairly, fairly hefty price. Anyway, back to the time machine. So uh, I should explain that the the time machine you have in mind actually gives you back time. It doesn't involve time travel. I think that's correct. correct, And when I first um, met you, uh, you rather famously promised me that you could find me an extra 42 hours a week without me having to give up anything important. So that's 42 hours is one quarter of my entire week. It is. It's more than the average working week. So that sounds like a bit of a tall order. Yeah, well, I know you didn't believe me. And uh, the good news is you don't actually need a police box or a, or a screwdriver good. to get back um, sort of, the, you know, that sort of time. I think part of the issue here is that we are so bad, generally, um, as a species, 
of of making good use of time. I thought and you just I, meant us, just us well, too. Well, you're, you're particularly bad, but but generally uh, we're bad at it. Um, so the great news as a result is it is really easy to get some uh, some quick wins. Okay, so let's start. This may be an obvious question, but why is time so important? Well, time's kind of the most important resource that we have. I mean, one of the things that's really noticeable um, that the richer people get, the more they value their time. You know, you ask any billionaire and they'll tell you it's their, their most precious asset. And of course, it's a great leveler because there's only 24 hours in a day. So, you know, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Richard Branson, they've all got the same time in the day. And they're also 99.99% identical to us. There's no massive genetic difference between us and them. So um, there's no physical reason why we can't be as successful. So billionaires don't have any natural resources that we don't. Um, but to be honest, there is more than one reason why we're not as successful as they are. However, uh, you know, in reality, we only need to be a fraction as successful to get you know, amazing results. If you were, for example, 500 times less financially successful as Richard Branson, you'd be worth 10 million quid. I'd take that. That's not bad, is it? So, so it could be 500 times less financially successful than Branson and I'd still be worth 10 million. So put that another way, which I think is really, really empowering. So biologically... You are 99.99% the same as Richard Branson. Now, you mean he's got a beard? I think that might be the 0.01 that's different between you. Got yeah. it. Um, you only need to be 0.2% as successful as he is to have 10 million in the bank. Shall we write these figures down? Because these are quite important. <laughs> but it's, quite, it's, it's, in a, it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thought, isn't it? So it should be quite easy, right? Do you think? I think so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, one of the challenges about time, of course, is that you can't manage it. There's this thing called time management, but reality, it just passes by, you know, whatever you do. So you can only kind of make better use of it. Problem is that we've got too many distractions. You know, we don't te- uh, treat our time with enough respect. Um, and as I said, because we're so bad at it, it's, it's actually easy to get quite a lot better. And, and you can see the, the amazing improvement that you can get uh, and you can do it really, really quickly. Okay, so we know it's important, but what would you say is the worst culprit in terms of wasting people's time? Well, I think uh, probably, and slightly ironically, it's it's technology. Um, so technology generally is supposed to be kind of labour-saving. It, it saves us time. But the reality is generally it eats into time. So if we, if we go a bit old school for the moment, you know, TV, as an example, you know, great for education – brings the world to our, our living rooms but it also brings uh, the news which is bad for us also it's never yeah, good is it news is news never is never good, good. Um, entertainment you know of course which is which is great in small doses but it does eat up time and and downtime of course is absolutely fine and an essential part of what we do uh, as long as you kind of know what you're doing with the downtime and how long you're spending on it i think one thing in terms of you pointed out to me since we start working together i don't watch the news I don't watch the news at all anymore, and I think that's changed my life fantastically. Wow! You know, news, news. Yeah, I, I give you some credit there. Wow, somewhere. Credit a, where credit's a, due. If we just make a note of that, that's yeah, a, you don't get a lot. That doesn't happen very often. But you know, it's. I just found that really useful that to, to not watch the news, all that negative vibes. I don't need in my life, so I think that's really good. Yeah, I, I think that. Well, the news is is a kind of fascinating subject that I suspect we'll talk about in um, in, a, in a future episode, but. Yeah, the, the short version is that the news is bad for you. It's got a negative impact on your kind of happiness levels because it is, is generally bad. 
Um, and you can't actually do a great deal about the news that you're hearing. Um, you know, there's, there's, you, you, you just receive the information. There's nothing you can do about it. So you're actually far better off not watching it, not listening to it or reading about it. Uh, and, you know, you'll be happier, but you'll also save a lot of time. So kind of what's, what's not to like? What about social media? Well, social media is a, a, obviously a newer phenomenon. So TV's been with us for a long time. The news has been with us for a long time. Social media, relatively new, but we're still, I, I think we're up to round about an average of, of getting on for two and a half hours a day wow. that people are spending on social media. So that's, what's that, um, 17 and a half, 18 hours, 18 hours that's a week? a lot of time, isn't it? It is. Uh, and people are, are addicted to it. It's now, you know, it is, it is an, a, a, effectively an addiction. Now, in, in the main part, it serves no purpose other than you know, entertainment and news. That's the main thing that people get from uh, social media. Uh, so, yeah, if you try going without news and without social media for a week, uh, you know, you will feel the difference. You know, trust me, and you, you said that you, you did it and you know it's a difference. I, I notice the difference easy within a week. Uh, I mean, I was quite sceptical when you mentioned to me, you said, don't watch the news. And I would religiously, I was one of those people that religiously, it's difficult to say that word, isn't it? Sit down at 10 o'clock at night and watch news at 10. Yeah. And then you said to me, well, it's all bad news. And it was. Okay, they have a funny story at the end. Oh, the kitten getting rescued from the tree. Or oh, the, uh, yeah. that was beautiful, that kitten. Yeah. I mean, you know, the poor little thing. Anyway, that aside, aside from the kitten getting rescued from the tree, the rest of it was quite negative. And having stopped that, now I, I actually go out my way now. If the news comes on, I turn it off. Mm. But by the end of that first week, because my wife said, well, are we not watching the news? I went, no. Nope. Ian says, don't watch the news, you'll feel better. I definitely, definitely felt better after a week. Fantastic. And, and what did your, did your wife have a view on the fact that your business partner was... <laughs> dictating her television no no that's fine i mean it's, it's, it's she either dictates it or you dictate it it's nothing to do with me is it but um no you know she was happy with that i don't think she actually liked the news anyway she'd rather watch something else well it is it is depressing i think we we get into uh, a kind of position where we we a little bit, little bit kid ourselves that, that we need to be on top of current affairs in order to be on top of things i think part of the problem is first of all as we said most news is bad i mean it's not never good news secondly you can't do anything about it because it's obviously by its very nature, it's already happened. So, um, you know, you, you, if a bomb goes off somewhere, you can't avoid the bomb. You're either there or you weren't. Um, and, and knowing about it, actually, the big things you tend to find out about, I don't know if you've noticed that, but I well, certainly tell you, do. Weren't they? Yeah. Well, the, the week I stopped watching it um, was, was the week the Russians came over and poisoned people in Salisbury. Right. Uh, and um, coincidentally, I've got a development just north of Salisbury in a little place called Amesbury. And uh, someone said to me, oh, you know, what about the Russians and poisoning? And you're worried. I went, I don't know what you're talking about. So these other people were worrying about it. Yeah, I wasn't worried. You know, I was going up there. Okay, there were a few suspect characters in big, long overcoats walking around. But to <laughs> me, it meant nothing. You know, but if I thought about it, what's the news? I'd have been worried about that. Yeah, it, it really is quite interesting, the science behind it. There's, there's so much... Um, good science about why you, you shouldn't watch it. But even if you just look at it at a very basic level, because it is negative stuff, um, yeah, your brain kind of reacts to it and treats each bit of information that you're getting and tries to process it. And, of course, if you're hitting it time and time again with one story after another story, it kind of just gets a, a bit depressing. And, of course, what we do, what I was doing, I was a complete news junkie. I used to commute, have an hour on the news on the way in, an hour on the news on the way back, and then just to top... You probably sucked it up then, didn't you? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, news at 10 before bedtime, just to get that real kind of like... <laughs> get that little hour, bit of, little bit of fix. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's social media and news. What about mobile phones? I mean, they've, they've got a bad rap because we spend too much time on them, but you know, aren't they a necessary evil? 
Um, well, that, they are to a degree, but again, the problem is that we get uh, addicted, um, mainly, I think, because we're constantly monitoring. So th- th- there's a big overlap here. Of course, we talk about people being spending two and a half days on social media. Well, uh, a lot of that is obviously going to be on their mobile devices. That's, a, that's the medium that we, we access it. One of the big challenges, I think, for that most people have, um, which, which kind of eats time, a, a great deal of time, is the alerts. So... We, we, we basically become addicted to checking our, our phones and our, and our you know, laptops and, and devices generally. Um, when, we, when we get that, you know, that little buzz to beep, say we've got a text beep, beep. message. You're straight on it, aren't you? Yeah, uh, or an email. And we can't help ourselves. And it's been proven that it is, it is something that you... you well, if, if I don't respond to my wife's text within the first 30 seconds, I'm in trouble. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, we do. As soon as it beeps, oh, that email alert comes in. We're straight on it, aren't we? We are. Um, and that's, you know, you, you basically go through life being permanently distracted because as soon as that happens, what do you do? You, you can only concentrate on one thing at a time. So whatever it was... that me was, personally? <laughs> well, yeah, well, maybe, maybe 0.75. <laughs> but, you know, you, you end up in a situation where you then, as soon as you get that text, if I'm talking to somebody, if I'm in a meeting or I'm, I'm, I'm working on something, then, of course, you, you get that distraction. You're straight on the phone. And uh, you, you see what it is, and then you decide what to do about it. And, and then invariably, quite often, there's nothing you can do because you're doing something. So, so you, you clock the fact that you've got it, and you make a mental note, I, I better look at that later. Well, how pointless is that? You know, you've just, you've just basically doubled the amount of uh, screen time that you're going to use because you've, you've, you'll end up doing it twice. So, yeah, so uh, mobile phones and devices generally um, kind of are a big, uh, a big, a big time eater. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as well, you've got things like apps and so on that from an entertainment perspective, yeah, again, can be quite um, addictive, the old Candy Crush type. Um, I don't. You, I don't do Candy Crush. Do you not, not do Candy Crush? Sure but, but no, there, there's a lot of stuff out there. They're, they're obviously designed to be entertaining, um, and then of course, in small, in moderation, great. It's just a question of, time, of how much time you spend um, spend okay. on it. So yeah, quite a lot of opportunities there to save time. What about email? Do you find that? Uh, would, you, would you say, in your opinion, is uh, is is a is a big waste of time? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think probably email. Uh, it, it kind of depends on on your job to a certain degree. Uh, if you're in a corporate life where email is kind of fairly heavy and integrated, it can be a massive, massive waste of time. So it does affect some people more than others. Uh, you know, before email, we kind of we, you know, we wrote memos or wrote letters or we didn't write anything at all. You know, we made things like, you know, phone calls and, and, and spoke to people. Um, but because of email, you know, the irony here is that it's about 100 times the correspondence because guess what? If I had to type you a letter or get somebody to write a memo um you know I, i'm not going to be sending hundreds of those a day i would be quite particular mm. about what i'd actually be writing uh, whereas now uh, we just we just fire off a quick email it's so easy it is it's, it's so easy. and of course everybody does it and we copy everyone in don't we oh we do reply to all yeah <laughs> and of course once somebody started that you know you, you don't think twice about responding to an email so somebody sends you an email, they copy in half a dozen people, and you think, well, I, uh, I, the, the logical thing is to reply. So you're forced into this kind of, right, I, I'm going to now start to write an email, going to copy everybody in. And, of course, it's, it's time-consuming. If you pick up the phone, if you have a, a conversation, much easier because, of course, you get the immediacy of it. So I could respond to your email, and that could prompt a question from you. You've then got to write another email back, whereas if you're having a conversation... 
It's easy. We just do it. We agree something, and then we can always confirm it in an email afterwards. It's all part of this sort of body language, and and the the, the words are one thing, uh, but the tone in your voice is another. So if you're actually on the phone, yeah. you're going to pick up that. So if you pick up if you pick up the phone to me and ask me a question, you're going to know whether I'm a little bit aggravated or I'm happy just from the tone of my voice. Well, you wouldn't get that from an email, would you? No. Oh, yeah. you're you're always happy. Of course, but, I am. but no, you're absolutely right. And people do get the wrong end of the stick. There's a particular. I, I used to work in uh, in, a, in a multinational organisation, so we had people. English was the the common language, but actually uh, there was quite a few nationalities involved where English was their second language. So you used to get some emails oh, where. Well, yeah, you kind of think, well, that's a bit curt. Or, <laughs> but actually, it was because it was actually from Kurt, and he didn't speak English as a first language. So it was it was pretty good, much better than my German, but ultimately it gets a little bit lost in the... Uh, you, need to, you need to brush up on your German. No, that's, that's, <laughs> Something really. I find on emails is um, I get an email in, and uh, you know, I think, oh, should I respond to that? And if I leave it, because, you know, I don't have to be expected to be on email straight away because I could be, uh, you know, I could be here doing a podcast with you. People's probably emailing me now. Mm-hmm. I could be sat in a meeting. But if I leave it for an hour, these problems tend to go away. So I've got someone I work with, I do a fair bit of work with, and um, uh, they email me. They email me quite a bit. So what you find is I might get seven or eight emails. So if I, if I went back to my desk after this podcast, I might find I've got seven or eight emails there. I tend to look at the seventh email and it basically says, oh, sorry, ignore the other six emails. Everything's now sorted. Whereas if I'd have, I'd have got involved in this hour-long process of going backwards and forwards and they've actually sorted it. So sometimes I just leave things and they, they tend to go away. Oh, that explains why I don't... Oh, yeah, yeah. but no, obviously any email that you send me, I will yeah, respond right. to straight away. Yeah, yeah, Not. So, um, I mean, that, that is very, very true. Some of these things do resolve themselves. I think other things that people use email for particularly in the kind of corporate world, you know, copying in the boss is another great one, which is like a kind of escalation strategy, uh, covering your backside. So if it's written down, then that means that you're bulletproof. Yeah, so yeah. you go, oh, well, I told you an email. And it's kind of rather all rather pointless. Um, and, of course, the other thing that people do quite often um, is is to try and make emails perfect. So they're they're they're... They're kind of crafted from the best words, particularly if they're going to go to, like, important people. Not mine. <laughs> no, no, there are exceptions. But, um, it, you know, and spending hours doing it, a complete waste of time because people don't read emails that way. And certainly decision makers tend to read emails very differently to other people. Um, you know, CEOs will read uh, title. Who's it from? Title. Uh, first line, if you definitely. Second line, if you're lucky. Yeah, and they respond in a similar way, don't they? It's a very short response from a CEO or an MD of a company. Absolutely. Now, a lot of people look at that and they think, well, that's because they don't have to impress anybody. They're not trying to win favour. They're the boss, so they can do what they like. But you find it, uh, you know, every boss typically is the same. Uh, it's not impolite, generally. It's It might be a little short, abbreviated, curt, but actually all they're trying to do is to convey a point very quickly and succinctly so they can move on to the next decision. The That's next why I email you back and say, go away. Yeah. it's it, You know, I'm conveying a point very quickly <laughs> and very simply and you get the message. And and also, that's the kind of length of word that you're you're comfortable with. Which is great. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> and one of those got two syllables. So. Yeah, yeah, two syllable words. I'm going to practice those. So yeah, the whole email culture that we've kind of, for a lot of people, have grown up with and, and grown up in, 
uh, really doesn't do us a great deal of favor uh, favors when it comes to uh, to time. And there's so much you can do with regards to email to make it much more effective. I should explain that in terms of we've only got a certain amount of time today and we're just covering off some of the, uh, the, the sort of technology parts. Obviously, within the Time Machine, which is one of our, our courses, that 42 hours a week is, is built up of lots of different things. And there are so, so many that you can do, um, that so many things of which technology is just a small part. Yeah, the stuff we talked about today is going to save you a massive amount of time. Yeah. Okay, so if we just, some of the bits we've talked about today, what would your top tips be that you could give people about getting some of their time back? Top three takeaways. Top three, crikey. So uh, well, there's kind of dozens, really. Uh, I guess the, the three really easy ones that will get you some really big wins. Uh, first one would be uh, about that whole issue of reading your emails and, and particularly checking your phone regularly when you get an email. If you just check uh, and read your emails twice a day, just do it once in the morning, uh, once in the afternoon. I tended to do mine kind of like 10 o'clock in the morning, 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. Took about half an hour. I was getting quite a lot of emails you know, a day, but I would just, just do it there and then. Uh, you don't need to, to action them. It's not as if you're going to actually have to do the work. You just go through them. And, and you know, you can discard the rubbish. And, of course, quite a lot of them are, you're, you're copied in on mm-hmm. or they're spam or whatever. You can just ignore them. And and then you just basically create an action plan for the ones you need to action. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I used to get yeah, hundreds of emails a day. Um, if I, I never ever, noticed how many emails you got, if that's no, your no, question. But when, when I came back from, say, a holiday, if I hadn't kept up with my, my emails, you'd, you'd come back and there'd be like a massive load of them. And so you think, oh, so Monday, first day back, I'm gonna, I've got to hit the email. So I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hive off half a day to go through these hundreds of, or maybe thousands of, of emails. And the reality was that it always took a lot less time than I thought it was going to do. Uh, and I couldn't quite get my head around it at the time because it was like, well, hold on a sec, I only get so many emails a day, and it takes me this long to to deal with them. But the reality is that if you're processing them all in one go, you just got dedicated time and you're just hitting them, hitting them all one after the other. It's really straightforward. You save so much time because you're focused on it. That's a bit like my point as well, that you, the seven emails, the seventh one just says ignore the first six. Yeah. I bet you get quite a bit of that. Yep. Okay. Um, so that's, if you get into the habit of doing that, I think the, the, the thing that's probably a lot of people worry about there is, that, well, hold on a sec, what if something urgent comes up? Well, the good news is that there's, you, you've got phones. So, so if anybody oh, sent telephone. you a yeah, if anybody sent you an email saying um, the building is burning down, you need to evacuate immediately. Clearly, uh, not probably not much use to you, but um, that that's um, that's not something that you should uh, you know that's not the m- method that you use to communicate that. So, frankly, I think it's very very unlikely that an if email the building's will be burning to, down, I'm not sitting there and typing you an email. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> but no, so so I think there's um, yeah, you, you, that, that is that's quite a, a quick win for people to do if you just just try that for a week just try okay. and do it uh 10 o'clock and three o'clock and see how you get on i think you'll find that it's, it's a lot lot quicker and don't uh don't just turn the alerts off on all your devices and don't respond to a to a text or a uh, an email just do it at a certain time each day great second tip uh, i think it goes back to writing emails like a ceo so as we said, you just write, if, if you know that people are only going to read the title, the first line, and possibly the second line, guess what? Just put all of the content into two lines and, and like in the, use the title as well. A lot quicker to write. Um, and people will look at you and think, oh, possibly CEO material. 
rather than the long, flowery, cover all the bases type emails. Just keep it very short, very brief. And uh, yeah, you'll save a lot of time that way. Like it, like it. I suppose you want a third one, don't you? Yeah, three tips. I did ask for three. Give us, give us your mm-hmm. final one. Well, actually, this is the challenge. Okay, so my challenge to, to everybody would be to to go without the news and go without social media for a week. Like it. So you know, make sure you do something else instead. Don't don't sort of watch Game of Thrones and, and or a couple of box sets. You know, try and try and do well, something. Do, what was that thing? Candy Crush. Don't do that. Don't. Well, don't know. I mean, Candy Crush. There's other other apps available. Okay. Uh, all right, but um, the, you try and do something that you want to do. It doesn't have to be work, or it doesn't have to be boring. It can be something that you want to do. But but you'll see then you'll start appreciating um, what the impact is, both in terms of time and who knows in terms of, uh, yeah, how you're feeling, in terms of your, your levels of, uh, of happiness. So, yeah, cut out the TV, the radio, newspaper news, uh, ditch the social media, uh, and then, uh, and then see, see how you feel. And as I, I, was, I, I found it amazing, mainly, and got into that because I'd, I'd read in lots of different books that are about different subjects that that was a kind of a common theme. And I tried it for a week, and then a month, and now I'm probably sharp end of five years, and you've, you've, you've done the same thing. And I think I'm on about five months now, five or six months. Yeah, I love it. You know it's a difference. It's great. Yeah. There could so, be a war going on, but I don't know about it. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, does it? Well, there's not a lot you can do about it. There's a guy, do you know, there's a guy, I, uh, when, when you told me about this, it all came back to, there's a chap, um, Christopher I used to work with for many years, we used to, some of the business coaching we used to do, and Christopher said to me, well, he didn't say to me actually, we were in a meeting once, and someone said about a recession, and Christopher said, what recession's that then? And, and, and Christopher said then, I didn't really take too much note of it, but Christopher said, well, I don't watch the news or read papers, so I don't know about a recession. And, and his whole psychological approach there was that actually he, he thought more positively about the businesses he was involved with, and they were all more successful. So, yeah, That's I thought it was great. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think the, the final point to end on, though, is, of course, that time-saving is great, and what we've been talking about today is great. In terms of the relevance for, for, for business and for property, of course, the, the big win here is if you want to free up the time in your life to be able to focus on a business uh, and maybe create the time from scratch because we're all really busy at the moment. We've all, we're not sitting around with, with lots of time on our hands. But if we can make some changes to get some of that time back, that then gives us the opportunity to, to spend some time uh, creating uh, new businesses, do it, pursuing a property strategy and doing things like that. They're just basically going to uh, move us forward from, uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Brilliant. That's great. Ian, I, I mean, that's fantastic. I love the tips there in terms of people getting time back. So that's great. Uh, that's all we've got time for in this episode. Hopefully you're able to find the time to join us next time when we'll be giving you the inside track on another part of the property world. In the meantime, feel free to check out our other episodes and you can also visit our website, which is at propertyco.co.uk. But until next time, it's goodbye from us both. Goodbye.